Tune your ear to wisdom. Cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Project Philippians, a deep dive into one of the richest treasure mines in Scripture. I'm delighted to have you join me today for another excavation into an amazing 2,000-year-old book. Welcome back to our expedition through Philippi as we are retracing the steps of Paul and his companions as they brought the gospel to this great Greek city. And uh, in our last session, we saw how much sacrifice and uh, how much personal cost was involved to Paul and Silas as they were dragged into the city square and beaten to a pulp and then thrown into a prison And we just were reminded of the cost, the personal cost of bringing the gospel to the lost. But today we're going to see something a little bit more exciting. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16, and we're going to pick it up in verse 23. And when they, the police, had inflicted many blows upon Paul and Silas, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And He, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. Let's just pause for a prayer. Lord God Almighty, It is exciting to see your power on display in the pages of your scripture. Lord, we want to see that power in our own lives. Power not just to shake open prison doors, but your power to change our hearts into the hearts of true worshipers. So please do that as we study your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, wow, what an incredible little story here. And just two short verses, but so much is happening. Uh, look Look again with me at verse 25. We're just going to pull it apart word by word. It starts by saying, but about midnight. Now, pause there. Why would Luke, the author, mention the time of day? What does it tell us about the story? Well, it tells us that it's late. It's dark. Um, they're not sleeping Why aren't they sleeping? Well, probably because they're in excruciating pain and they just can't sleep. And what is happening? You need to put yourself into this situation. If you really want to understand scripture, I think one of the helpful ways to do that is to just insert yourself, imagine yourself as one of the witnesses of this story or experiencing this firsthand. So in this case, imagine yourself as one of the other prisoners. It it talks about them and it says that they were listening. And what were they hearing? They probably were expecting to hear these two new criminals crying out, say, this isn't fair, let us out, let us out, or groaning in pain or cussing and cursing. But what do they hear instead? They hear these two broken men praying. And not only praying, but it says they were praying and singing. What is up with that? I'm sure the prisoners were were astounded and just stunned. That's like they'd never heard such a thing in the prison walls before. So what were Paul and Silas doing? Uh, Job 35.10 says that the Lord God is our maker and he gives us songs in the night. 
And in a very unlikely circumstance, that is exactly what has happened. God has given them songs. The word praying and singing, in Greek, those two words are, are connected together in such a way as to intertwine them. So it's, it's almost one, one thing. Praying they were singing. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting that was so intense and earnest that it just broke out into spontaneous singing and worship? I'll tell you that it's been rare for me. That's that's not a common thing. And I imagine it's probably not been a common thing for you as well. But when it happens, it is extraordinary. I've been in a few prayer meetings that were just so vibrant that people just would start singing out loud and it was just exhilarating. And that's going on here. Paul and Silas are just their prayers just turned into worship and they're just singing out loud. In fact, the word singing in here in the Greek is the word hymnao. It's the word that we get hymn from. You know, those hymn books that used to sit in the pew in front of you and you, you probably thought there were some dusty old books filled with old-fashioned churchy songs. Well, the word hymnao in Greek literally means to sing someone's praises, to sing praise to someone. That's what a hymn is. It's a praise to someone. And, and here, Luke tells us they were singing these praises. They were hymning to God. They were singing. Their prayers turned into praise to God. I got to ask, like perhaps the, the, the prisoners were asking too, is why? How could you possibly have a heart of worship under circumstances like this? Perhaps Paul was, uh, you know, just thinking of that memory verse, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Yeah, no, that one hadn't been written yet. <laughs> and neither had Romans 5, where he said, uh, we rejoice in our sufferings for they, we, they produce perseverance. Those are verses that Paul would light, write later in his life. But even at this point in his life, it is already a part of his character. It's a part of who he is, that in the darkness, in the dank smelly, filthy prison where he's in agony, his heart is lifted up into the heavens and he is worshiping his God. Jesus spoke about this in his Sermon on the Mount when he said, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and, and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, if you're like me, you probably read that verse many times and you think, yeah, you're supposed to rejoice in these times. But for Paul, this wasn't just something he was supposed to do. This is something that he couldn't help doing. This was something that he and Silas, they were just so overcome with the glory and joy of God that they were singing even in a painful, dark prison. One of the reasons why I wanted to go back and study Acts 16 before we get into the book of Philippians itself is because this, this is a deep, deeply intertwined theme in the book of Philippians. The joy that he speaks about, he's going to preach it, but he, we see here that it was a part of his life that he was preaching out of his own heart and character, that he was a man that in the midst of suffering, he saw something different about this whole situation, something that made his heart jump up with joy. And what was it that he saw? Well, he'd, he'd seen uh, the Lydia become a Christian down by the river, and then her whole household follows her lead. And then he saw this demon-possessed girl just earlier today be freed forever. 
So now he and Silas are seeing that God is in control. And they know that even in this dark, horrid prison, their God is still giving them songs in the night. And what was the result? What came of this incredible prayer and worship session? Well, the rocks cried out. The earth shook. The foundation of the prison was rattled and the doors swung open and the chains fell off. And we see the power of God on display. You know, Paul and Silas saw the power of God in their hearts. They knew the power of God and that's why they were worshiping him. They didn't have to see the earthquake in order to be convinced that God is in control and God is powerful. They were singing at the top of their lungs because they knew it even before they saw it. But God was smiling and he smiled on this and he said, let's go. And he broke off their chains and broke open the doors just to show them that he was indeed in charge of the situation. You know, you can't read a story like this without just being reminded that worship is powerful. I mean, did the worship itself cause the earthquake? Did if he hadn't been worshiping, would God have caused the earthquake in the first place? Well, he, he probably would have. He had said it was clearly his plan. But because he gave them songs in the night, because he gave them a heart to worship, he allowed Paul and Silas to have the privilege of being a part of what he was about to do. And so their worship became the impetus for an earth-shaking change in their situation. It reminds me of... Uh, of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, where Jehoshaphat was surrounded by enemies and a prophet stood up and he said, do not fear, stand firm, for you'll see the deliverance of God today. And what did Jehoshaphat do? He sent out the worshipers first in front of the army. That's what he was commanded to do. He sent out the worshipers and the, and God and the army didn't even have to swing a sword and the enemies were defeated because God used the worship as his soundtrack for the powerful intervention that he wanted to bring in that situation. And God wants to do that in our lives too. Guys, we don't worship because it's the thing to do at the beginning of every church service. We don't worship just because it feels good. We don't worship just because it's an emotional thing. We worship because we are entering into the angelic realm of singing glories and praises to our almighty God. And when we do that, God can unlock the doors to change the situation, not only to change the prison situation, but to change their own hearts. If I were them, I'm sure that I would have been struggling with the heart situation, not just the physical situation. I can tell you that I've been in many situations where I've my heart's been filled with stress and anxiety. And just this week, I had a situation at work where I was struggling. I was just frustrated. There was just so much that was not going my way. And I was, and things were crumbling around me. And so I said, Lord, I've got to get out of here. And so I walked out of the building and I took a walk down on a quiet path where I could just worship. And I just started thanking and praising God. I just forced myself. My heart wasn't in it at first, but eventually the Lord met me there and he gave me songs in the night and the worship became genuine and I just was in love with the Lord again and it changed, it didn't change the circumstances that I was facing, but it changed my heart, it transformed me. It it unlocked the chains 
that had been binding me all morning, and worship transformed my heart. You know, just this last week on Sunday, I want to tell you, I honestly didn't want to go to church. I was so frustrated. I, w- I had some stuff going on in my own personal life that I was just really looking for an excuse just not to show up. But I went anyways and took my family and we sat down there in church. And the worship leader got up to sing. And her name is Cassidy. And she started singing with such a just earnest voice and just she poured her heart into the song. And, and this was the words of the song. I count on one thing, that the same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. In the waiting, the same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Those words started doing a work in my heart. But there was this particular reason why. See, you need to know something about Cassidy. Cassidy, 10 years ago, was at a church camp and she was up in the trees on a zip line helping some kids, and it broke, and she fell 50 feet and broke her back. And she has been paralyzed from the waist down ever since. And so there she was, Sunday morning, in her wheelchair, singing with all her heart, the same God who is never late is working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will praise your name. And she was singing it from her heart. And I'll tell you, friends, that was the only sermon I needed to hear that morning. The worship of God can transform the situation, but even more importantly, can transform our own hearts. And I just want to encourage you, as you just read through these verses one more time this morning, that you would just allow God's songs to come and fill your heart like they haven't before that his worship would change the way you see the world. Jesus, thank you for your earth-shaking power, but thank you even more for your heart-changing power, that you can transform our hearts and you do it while we pray and sing praises to our Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. spend this time with me, but don't let it end here. May the words of God continue to resonate in your heart, transform your life until the day you meet our glorious King and Savior face to face.